All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of A Healthy Debate. We got another guest episode for you. Uh, today we have a former colleague of mine, Brock Christopher, who is in sports medicine and did a lot of work in a past life in human performance or sports performance training. Uh, so I'll let Brock introduce himself so you can be enlightened as to why you should give a shit what he has to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me on. Um, my name is Brock Christopher, as you mentioned. Uh, I'll keep this short and sweet. Um, you know, I've, I've dealt mostly in the world of training for the last 15 years. Um, I did work overseas at St. George's Park, which is England's National Football Center. Um, we did have a couple contract accounts with uh, Manchester United and Arsenal, so I did some work with them. Um, in fact, I ended up switching companies, and I, I've worked... I think in six states now. Um, I've spoken on the topic of human performance in seven countries, I believe. Um, and anyway, uh, I did some work with uh, Manchester Star or United former star Paul Pogba in his rehab efforts um, in Miami when everybody was wondering where he disappeared to, and he was actually at our site rehabbing his hamstring. Um, but anyway, uh, done a lot with American football, done a lot with soccer or football as you people across the pond would say um done a lot on the training front so um i'm just honored to be on here and hopefully that's enough to give you let you uh care about what i have to say so well thanks bro yeah br <laughs> yeah brock and i worked together at uh exos which was a um athlete training facility while i was with the dolphins and that's where we met and then Apparently, he was adjacent to Adam working up in the Manchester area, which, if you guys don't remember, that's where Adam lives currently. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Blair. Um, it's nice to have you, Brock. Um, so, today, we are talking about fasted training. And so, we'll have a little debate about whether fasted training is good for you, pros, cons, whether people should still do it what's the benefits and under what context I guess so who would like to kick us off um so I guess the the first question is do we think that fasted training is bullshit and I guess we got to dive deeper into that like why is it bullshit or what elements of it are or are not bullshit so what is fasted training Adam yeah good question so fasted training would be um, leaving a large window without uh, food and then training on an empty stomach basically. Usually most people would do this um, after a full night's sleep, not eating breakfast um, and then training straight after but I think some people do go longer periods of time fasted and still train um, and usually people's uh, out uh, uh, required outcomes that they're looking for are weight loss related would you say that's right yeah i think it sounds about right um i think with intermittent fasting it's becoming more popular like not as specifically a overnight fast and train early in the morning i think you are seeing more and more people uh, i actually had a coach at the dolphins who once a month or so would do a 36 hour fast and then train which to me just sounded crazy why you would lift weights after not eating for 36 hours, but to each their own. Yeah, the, the main thing that you, ta you, 
you see these days in counter arguments is people say it makes me feel better and so you can't argue with it working because i feel better than everyone else or what at any time than i have previously and i guess when you're talking about anecdote it's hard to sort of talk about what's actually factual and what's what's in people's heads what's placebo and if it's working for them why is it actually working for them what elements are actually true and what's not true which is why i thought it'd be an interesting conversation to cover yeah it's interesting i had an nfl player that said hey i you know this you know, I'm vegan now, and every other thing that you sports performance people can say is a bunch of horseshit. I feel the best I've ever felt in my life, and I think you have to unpack when people say, I feel the best I've ever felt. Well, did you have a shit diet before that? Like, did you eat a bunch of garbage, and now all of a sudden you're eating a bunch of vegetables, which no one's telling you not to eat, and fruit... Like, is that why you feel better? Like, so are people feeling better on fasted training or fasted cardio because before they were eating these pancakes and sausage and a bunch of nasty stuff that made you feel, or did you eat too close to training? Is that why you're feeling better? I think, you know, the dogmatic thing is that is probably the thing that we're going to go after the most is like, you know, hey, if it works for you and you do it because it's a lifestyle thing as opposed to like thinking it's actually a superior way of training. Absolutely. And I think for me, it's when people are trying to convince everyone else that they should do it because (laughs) of how it's worked for them. And so I guess the main element that I wanted to bring up, which um, across a lot of my social media videos, whenever I call out intermittent fasting, the term that I hear all the time is, when people have reached um, a certain window of fasting, you are burning fat. And everyone seems to believe that this fat is adipose tissue. We're burning fat off the the skin of our body and we're becoming thinner because of it. And uh, that's not necessarily true. So I wonder what your thoughts are on that, how people express that when you reach a certain window, that's classed as losing fat. So, um, yeah, and, and just to clarify for everyone out there, adipose tissue is the scientific term for body fat. Uh, that's, that's where we store our fat. So, and I think that's the main thing we're going to look at is, is the element of does fasted cardio burn more body fat? And, you know, because I do think, like Brock said, there's things we can dive into on feeling better and more of the subjective notion of fasted training but you know and obviously cardio is the main one that gets brought up oh go do fasted cardio because you're burning more fat and that's the big thing is are you burning more fat because of your state of being fasted or are you burning more body fat which you know we can almost certainly all agree you're not you know just to break that down you don't burn more body fat doing fasted cardio you do burn more fat because your body is in a state of fasting and there's no blood sugar or or ingested food on hand to provide energy so you are tapping into fat as your main fuel source however body fat reduction is simply a caloric deficit you know so if you if you burn mostly body fat by doing fasted cardio but then overeat on the day the net change in body fat is going to be an increase 
if you do fed cardio and burn mostly carbohydrates but have a net calorie deficit the net change on body fat is going to be reduction. And so I think it's as simple as that for for refuting the idea of are you burning more fat is are you burning more fat as a fuel source or are you burning more body fat? Whether or not you're burning more fat as a fuel source I think is arguable. Whether or not you're burning more body fat doesn't fasted cardio makes zero difference. Well can we separate that because I think that's where most of gen pop anyway would get confused. It's like what's the difference between fat as a fuel source and what's the difference between burning fat as in body fat? Good question. So ultimately, and I think this is going to get into something that might even be another episode by its own, which is acute versus chronic. And so on the acute level, using fat as a fuel source to a degree is body fat. That that fat is being released from body storage to be used as a fuel source. However, the chronic is over time, outside of that 30 minute or hour window of fasted training, there's a lot of exchange of body tissue occurring all day. You know, your body is constantly releasing and storing energy, whether that's carbohydrates in the form of glycogen or fat in the form of of body fat. So at the moment you haven't eaten anything and you're using energy, your body fat is going to release triglycerides and free fatty acids to be used as a fuel source. But it, it still boils back down to if you're, if you're reducing body fat, it's only going to be a chronic or net reduction in total body fat. If you maintain a calorie deficit, burn more calories than you consume on a chronic or consistent basis. So here's a question, and I genuinely don't know the answer. So let's say you train in a fasted state and then you eat afterward. Does the refeeding window or the food, does that get partitioned back to where most of the energy was pulled from originally during the fasted state? Or so somewhat negating the benefits of, or the purported benefits of fasted training? like. I don't know what happens during that refeeding window. And so knowing that would be pretty fascinating to kind of shed light on the conversation as well, I think. Yeah, I um, So I think it, uh, kind of a roundabout answer. For fat, I don't know, actually. I, I, that's not something that was really largely investigated. Typically, when you talk about refeeding windows or, or you know, post-exercise consumption, it's about glycogen or, or carbohydrate storage. And in which case the answer is yes. When you feed after training, you have a heightened uptake of glycogen and carbohydrate to refuel stored carbohydrate energy. But from my understanding, fat storage is a very slow process. So it's, I don't think, and there might be, I mean, I'm sure your body is primed for increased blood flow. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some enzyme activity that, that occurs after feeding, after training that might upregulate it. But I honestly don't confidently know the answer to that. But my guess would be not, not to the extent of carbohydrate or protein uptake for muscle growth or glycogen replenishment, but I'm sure there is some element of it occurring. So, for simplicity purposes, 
were saying that if someone did fasted cardio, which is burning fat as a fuel source, if they were to refeed and consume more than their calorie intake for the day, they're still likely to gain weight or stay the same weight. They wouldn't lose any body fat. Correct. Because I think that's where everyone gets confused. People assume that if they're doing fasted cardio, they're pretty much guaranteed to lose body fat. I'd be interested to know, Brock, like how often do you see people take the fasted route in um, sports and athletics? Well, even my most recent job was more uh, was in more of a gym setting, um, and it's amazing how you know whether it be a ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting, how people become these huge disciples and just they cling on it and a lot of times it's because it works for them and does it work for them because it's their lifestyle like look I'm terrible at eating in the morning I'm terrible about getting food in right when I wake up I'm the biggest advocate of breakfast and I'm the worst one to do it so like you know that is not necessarily leading by example and so like a lot of times I feel like I train faster when I'm not trying to just because that's my lifestyle and then you know my feeding comes later in the day um, when my life slows down a little bit so you know whatever route you take to getting into a caloric deficit you know I think as long as you're getting into that caloric deficit like you know it might not be be walking around saying it's better is one thing I I think you know I always tell clients that I work with like look if it works for you and you're seeing positive gains doesn't mean it's better for someone else doesn't mean you understand the mechanisms by which it works but if it seems to be working for you then you know be open to some feedback if your workouts get really sluggish and I feel like you're lacking a lot of energy but for the time being let's go with it if you feel like it's working This is where the real argument exists with fasted training. I, it is simply a calorie balance equation for whether you lose or gain body fat. You know, but where you start to – the debate I see is exercise intensity. You know, how many calories you're expending. If you can – which this is very hard to measure. Brock and I have talked off camera many times – the number one hardest thing to measure in the fitness and calorie balance game is expended energy from exercise. Uh, these watches we have, they might get close, but they are not perfectly accurate. It's, it's almost impossible to tell. They are a good judge. Adam and I have had this conversation. Like my watch says I burned 1,000 calories. I don't think I actually burned 1,000 calories, but it does denote that I had a pretty active day. But so use, even using that as the judge, because same measuring device, if I train fasted and can burn 1,000 calories or I train fed and can burn 1,000 calories in the same amount of time, then there was no difference in my exercise expenditure. But if when you make this experiment and feeding before training, you burn more calories, you spend more time at the gym, you're able to put in greater intensity and get better lifts and gains and intention behind your activity then we start to make the the debate of are you burning more energy because you're feeding your exercises 
or does it not make a difference because of the type of exercise you're performing to therefore long-term create this calorie deficit we keep bringing up for the net change of body fat? I was going to say, I used to um, say to a lot of clients when they would say, should I eat before training or should I eat after training? Because that was a, a question I used to get quite a lot, especially people who trained in the mornings. And so my answer used to be, um, it depends where, where you feel you have the most energy. If you feel like you have more energy without food in the morning, then train, then eat. And if you have more energy with food, then eat, then train. Um, but I actually think a lot of people, when they say they're not hungry in the mornings, um, what they don't realize is they're suppressing their appetites usually with some form of caffeine or coffee or their, you know, people are not going from nothing till lunchtime saying, oh, I, I, oh, I have no appetite. There's usually something they're doing to suppress some form of appetite. And so a lot of people probably don't realize they are hungry in the mornings, but they're just finding alternative solutions on how to suppress that appetite so they can get by the day longer without food. As I sip my coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Adam, I think we made this analogy in a previous episode, but there is an element of, you know, if I call you to go out every weekend and grab drinks and you say no every time, eventually I don't waste the energy calling and our our hunger cues can do that. You know, your body's not going to waste energy on something that's not responded to ever. So it's going to tell you you're hungry, but through behavior, you know, being too busy, waking up too close to school or work or whatever it is for umpteen years, eventually it stops sending hunger. We see it in eating disorders a lot where, you know, if you ignore hunger signals forever and ever and ever, eventually your body stops sending them. And then you have to retrain these hunger signals because hormonally enzymatically, our bodies have just adapted to not being fed when it demands food at a certain time. And so they will turn off. So the bullshit is when people claim fasted cardio is burning fat they need to separate that they're not burning body fat they're burning fat as an energy source and so people need to separate the only way you can lose body fat is through an energy expenditure through a calorie deficit and so as long as people understand that it's their choice if they want to continue doing fasted cardio or not and so the benefits are through fasted cardio you're still you can still have a higher chance of eating in a reduced period of window of food. And, and so therefore it's easier to be in a calorie deficit, right? I think the better way to phrase it is fasted cardio does not cause an increased loss in body fat because to some degree you are burning body fat. It's fat that's inside your body or it's, it's not exogenous fat. It's endogenous fat. It's fat that's already present in the body. Mm whether that's being released from fat stores or it's floating around in the bloodstream or it's in the liver, you know, fat is being released into the blood as a fuel source. That's body fat. But without a calorie deficit, you are not causing any increased loss in, in body fat through fasted cardio. And that's the thing I think is hard for people to understand is the number one activity for highest percentage of body fat burned 
is sitting still, laying on the couch. You burn almost 100% body fat at rest. But the rate of expenditure is very, very low. So while you're burning mostly body fat, you are not burning a high amount of body fat and therefore you're not losing body fat. So, you know, it, it comes down to, sure, you're burning 100% body fat sitting on the couch, but you're also burning between 60 and 100 calories an hour and the rate of expenditure is very, very low. Good luck creating a calorie deficit sitting on the couch all day long. Yeah, would you say, I mean, obviously what your body pulls from is slightly intensity dependent and if you are in a fasted state you're going to be working at a lower intensity so it might pull from those fat stores as opposed to if you get into higher intensity exercise which ultimately might lead to you burning more so just know not resign to the fact that you'll you're probably not going to be able to work out at as high of an intensity if you're in a fasted state is that fair to say yeah, you know, and, and that's, you know, coming full circle to the calorie deficit question, which is, yes, at higher intensities, you are going to be utilizing carbohydrate as your primary fuel source, but we'll just use some nice round numbers to make the math easy. So let's say at rest, you burn 100% body fat, but you burn 100 calories an hour, um, 100 calories divided by nine calories per gram, you just burned 11 grams of fat. Uh, so not even an ounce. If you burned a thousand calories an hour, which I know is not going to happen, that's a very high rate of expenditure. Good luck. But w round numbers, like I said, and you're burning, let's say, 60% of it is carbs. So 40% is coming from fat. So we'll multiply it by 0.4. That's 400 calories in an hour from fat. Divide that by nine. You just burned 44 grams, four times as much fat, even though the percentage was less than 50%. You know, so yes, as intensity goes up, you burn more carbs than fat from a percentage standpoint. But even at 40% fat expenditure, you burned four times as much fat in that hour. You know, and this is an extreme example, but just trying to paint a picture that the percentage of fat you burn is not indicative of the amount of fat that you burned. And even beyond that, you still burned a thousand calories. So that's going to be more than almost an entire day of sitting on the couch in that one hour, which creates a larger calorie deficit. And ultimately, long-term calorie deficits equal body fat reduction. Your, your carbs storage are in flux so often. You eat carbs, it goes to glycogen, you burn carbs, then you replenish them. Whereas fat tends to be more low and slow, like smoking meats. I burn fat at a low, slow rate. I burn fat consistently over time by creating a calorie deficit. And then I ultimately that tissue exchange occurs chronically over time. And I think we've gotten too focused on the acute. The fasted cardio burns more fat. Yes, that's actually true percentage wise, but it doesn't burn more fat chronically because of all these things we brought up. Are you consuming more energy? Are you working out at a lower intensity? Are you, et cetera, et cetera, to create a chronic calorie deficit and cause body fat reduction? Sweet. That was uh, very informative. Shall we wrap up? 
Yeah. Yeah. So you'll get ours on the outro, but Brock, if you want to drop your socials or any contact, if people want to find you and, and follow up questions, you're welcome to, or you can tell them to F off. That's up to you. <laughs> um, my, I mean, I'm not super active on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is coach Brock C. Uh, Instagram is Brock C 24 underscore. Um, usually if, people follow me i follow back i'm not a i'm not an instagram snob unless you post really annoying things and i have to stare at it all day long so anyway um. yeah <laughs> so cool yeah uh mine and adam's contact you can find through the podcast instagram or socials which will be in the pre-recorded outro sweet we'll see you all soon all right. thanks guys A healthy debate runs purely on fat and is completely free of banned substances. This episode was edited by Blair Solberger, so if it sucks, blame him. The next episode will be out in a week wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at A Healthy Debate or on YouTube at youtube.com slash at A Healthy Debate.